all his movies, the Shia LaBeouf podcast. This is episode 19, iRobot from 2004. This played at 3.45 a.m. on November 12th during Shia's marathon. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And this movie comes at a weird time, I think. Uh, This seems to be like, you know, an AI movie that has no interest in having its robots pass the Turing test. (laughs) And when we have in society, you know, a TV show like Westworld, or we have a movie that came out a year or two ago like Ex Machina, Mm -hmm. or we have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where there's that nurse sort of robot AI person. It's weird to see robots like a vision of the future where robots look like robots and not like people. Yeah, it's very strange. It's almost like they're not quite there yet. They're halfway there and they are too excited not to use the technology. So we're just going to put out these weird looking humanoid robots to do stuff like be garbage men. And I had a gripe with a couple ways the robots were represented in this film. It's a strange one, this movie. Also, this is a movie for our purposes here today with Shia in it where he's in it even less than he was in Constantine, and it feels like he's sort of the same character that he was in Constantine, kind of. He kind of feels like Chaz, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, and I think we're going to get something similar in Charlie's Angels, which is next, if I'm not mistaken. So I think this is sort of his trilogy of sidekicks, is what I'd like to christen these three movies as. This is a movie that we talked about last time, that based on his performance in this, Akiva Goldsman wrote the screenplay for this. Will Smith recommended him, or Akiva did, both of them did whatever, that was because of this movie that he got Constantine. Hmm. But that's sort of frustrating in a little sense that, hey, he does this one thing really well, and instead of trying to expand on that, I mean, he's sort of do, but -hmm. he's still just a sidekick that's basically in one scene in the beginning and one scene at the end. Yeah, you know what it feels like to me is, um, I gotta make it up to you, Shia. So we're gonna (laughs) basically take that character and implant him into Constantine and give him three times as much screen time, which is still two times too little screen time for my liking, but still, it feels like a make up kind of thing for him. I don't know if Shia's really the best part of this movie or if it's just me saying that because we're watching for him, but I do remember when this movie came out, my one friend and I really liked it, and I remember, especially at the end, when Shia tells that one robot, you can kiss my ass metal dick, I remember my friend loving that line. You have been deemed hazardous. Will you comply? You can kiss my ass metal dick. and go home. And so Shia is this sort of like lovable young kid who sort of wants to tag along with Will Smith. His one defining characteristic, I would say, is that he likes to curse, but he's really (laughs) bad at cursing. Like he just combines like swear words with just other words and it all sort of jumbles out and Will Smith the whole movie is basically or at least whenever Shia's on screen is just like stop cussing and go home like you're bad at cussing stop cussing get out of here oh man where you been at uh, just away forever oh yeah away like vacation and stuff that's real nice man listen I got a favorite ass I need to borrow the car for like 10-15 minutes no, 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 this is different. This is different, Spoon. Listen, I got this fine-ass little yummy. I mean, she is complete and agreeable. I mean, ass-hot spankable, Spoon. What does that even mean? You know what it means, man. Okay, now stop barricading. Let me First get of the keys, Spoon. Stop cussing, because you're not good at it. Well, let me get 10 for the bus, then, man. I've been there for you. Go home. Okay, that's strike one, Spoon. That's strike one. It's fun to see that in a movie where it's all so serious, except Will Smith being in, like, most caricature Will Smith ever. Like, you know, basically, 
this is like fanfic Will Smith sort of. It feels like you've seen him sassy in a lot of other movies, and I'm using your word that you said to me yesterday, sassy. <laughs> like you've seen him sassy in a lot of other movies, like see him sassy in this. And aside from him, you know, this movie is so serious that when Shia shows up, to have the two sort of goofball characters back and forth a little bit, there's a little bit more life and levity there than there is for the rest of the movie. Yeah, I mean, Shia's in this so little, I didn't even pick up his name or anything. And uh, I don't know his name either, yeah. Yeah, and I only knew about the cursing thing because I read that online. I, I mean, he says you curse, don't curse, and all that, but I didn't, I thought it, that was the joke of it being sort of like an all-ages film, as you have, like, this youngest character being the potty mouth guy and everything. What struck me as odd is, like, Will Smith, just, his character comes across as such a dick throughout most of this movie, but, like, not in, like, a bad way. I mean, he's, like, prejudiced against robots, but he also seems to hate humans for liking robots. So it's weird, like, when Shia's on screen in that beginning, you get the sense that he likes this kid. It's, like, one of the only people he enjoys interacting with, aside from his grandma, is Shia, and that he's not gonna be throughout the rest of the movie makes it kind of lopsided. It, it, It gets really sort of serious and stuff and I just think with the visuals and the plot and stuff like we needed more levity throughout the film as opposed to just taking it like um, like a noir detective story the whole time. Yeah, I mean it's just it's weird. I, th- I think this movie still looks pretty good for a, like 12 years after the fact mm-hmm. in terms of CGI like it's not yeah. it's not bad. I think it looks pretty good. I just I, think that the actual like tone and everything of it aged more poorly mm-hmm. like the tone and the story aged more poorly than the actual visuals. Yeah, I've only seen this movie one before entirely and then a couple times I catch scenes on TV and stuff and I actually feel like the plot and stuff held up better for me this time as opposed to the effects. I feel like if this movie was made today, it would kick ass. And Not that I like a lot about this film. I like Will Smith, and I like when we get the one robot, Sonny, on screen. But I feel like the director, Alex Proyas, just has a terrible track record with CGI. Like, it just gets away from him. I mean, in Knowing, we had that subway scene, which, you know, is kind of the worst stuff I've seen before. In here, we have the tunnel chase, and just when you get hundreds of robots that look exactly alike on screen, it kind of just gets too crazy and muddled. So I just think it needed to be scaled back and a little funnier. I mean, they should have taken more of a Men in Black sort of angle with this as opposed to like a Blade Runner angle. There's also one other thing that I want to point out in terms of CGI that I saw was really kind of egregious is that Will Smith is at the doctor's apartment or house or whatever, and there's that cat there, and he like <laughs> kind of chases the cat away, and then he, I was like, oh, he's not saving the cat, and then he literally saves the cat twice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not early in the movie, it's middle of the movie, and he's sort of our hero already, but whatever. He's and pushing then get, it, though. He's kind of pushing the, the asshole meter at that point, so yeah. you need him to save the cat. But then he comes up, they, get, they sort of get like hurtled outside and like into that fountain, and oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, that poor cat. And like, there's this reverse shot as they look at the building collapsing or on fire or whatever. The cat is such a CGI cat face just looking at the camera, and he's just like patting its back. And I'm like, Will Smith, like, I wonder what he's patting in real life, because it's not a cat in his arms at that point. I mean, it's a cat yeah. in other scenes where, like, it's, like, climbing up his front and everything when they're in that, like, it's a wet cat, miserable cat, but there, I was just like, there's no need for there to be, like, that terrible CGI here. I don't know why, like, I think you're right that he just gets carried away with, like, let's just add stuff in with computers. Yeah, because that's one of the cooler ideas for an action set piece, that he has to escape this collapsing house being demolished by a big robot thing, and it's working pretty well, because you can tell, like, 
like he's falling through floors and he's actually interacting with a set. But then when he's sort of door surfing out into, you know, the garden or whatever happens into that fountain, why did you have to put that tag on the end of it? It was going so well. And then, yeah, the CGI cat at the end. I imagine he was just petting like a, a green sort of like stuffed animal like or something <laughs> like that you know and it's like why not just give him a freaking puppet cat to operate with his other hand you don't see it there's so many ways around that i think another reason this movie doesn't age super well is that a handful of movies ago we did eagle eye and this mm-hmm. has the same twist as eagle eye like oh, Arya dude. in that movie and vicky in this movie both sentient ai sort of like overarching computer programs rebel and decide to take down humanity Yeah, I couldn't believe it because I hadn't seen these two movies so close together before, so I never made the connection. But yeah, when I remembered that it was the evil girl robot at the end doing everything, I couldn't believe it that Shia is in two movies with uh, evil robots trying to take over the world. It's pretty crazy. Because it's like four years later. I don't know. Like, is Eagle Eye based on an Asimov book? I don't remember if we talked about that. I think so, but this, I actually read the Asimov book. This is based off in like high school, and it's a collection of short stories that they're put together as like a novel and they tell sort of the timeline of robots being built and evolving and the three laws and you know it jumps through history a little bit and I don't recall this even being part of a short story I did it was quite a while ago when I read it I think they just took the license took the name maybe intended to use some of the original material but then just crafted something entirely different I also read in the IMDb trivia that like that scene where there's the thousand robots in that one room and Will Smith's walking around with a gun to their head like that's taken from another Asimov story that it feels like when you're adapting from Isaac Asimov, who has literally hundreds of stories and books and everything you can take from, people feel it's fair game to just sort of pluck from here and there, kind mm-hmm. of? Yeah, it kind of happens with Philip K. Dick, too, to a degree. Like, Minority Report was originally just going to be a sequel to Total Recall. I don't know if you were aware of that. And then they Mm-mm. got the license to Minority Report, and they sort of crafted an entirely new fiction out of everything huh. they had been working on up until that point. So, yeah, so, like, that, that, you know, that happens with properties, especially these guys, they're right. I mean, it isn't the easiest kind of stuff to wrap your mind around necessarily. So you want that name and that credential and the credit of, you know, this is good science fiction by these good authors. But then you sort of have to be able to make it digestible for the masses, especially if like Will Smith is going to be running around in it. I feel like this is a movie that suffers from us going backwards in time because I remember when it came out, like I said before, I really liked it in this sort of 2003 to 2008 window. I mean, there's the movies we're talking about. There's Minority Report, and there's this, and there's Eagle Eye. And I feel like this is probably, unless I'm getting things wrong, one of the first sort of futuristic robot at least in terms of the CGI era. Does that sound right, or is that not right? I remember this sort of being a a reaction to post-Matrix, but also post-Phantom Menace as far as let's really push the technology and start using films more as like testing grounds. And that kind of Proyas, in a way, feels like Lucas in that he doesn't really go for that super realism he just wants to get his point across as however he can and if you know it's easier to do that visually with cgi than practically he'll go for it but yeah i just feel like this is sort of a response to a combination of blockbuster trends we were seeing at the time whether it be technology or technophobia and stuff you know like will smith is a total like technophobe he uses a cd player for crying out loud you know his partner doesn't (laughs) even know how to operate it she's so far in the future from him yeah i just feel like these were things post Y2K that we were sort of starting to 
take lightly or, you know, actually explore more. Yeah, this is a movie where Wilson, I guess he's supposed to be kind of the embodiment of our fear of the future, because it just feels like he doesn't belong in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that he doesn't belong in the narrative, but he doesn't belong in this world. But, like, he doesn't know why people can't talk like him. He's still the only person who wants to drive by hand in a world with, like, full of automated cars. Yeah. He's longing for current 2004 when this movie came out you know wearing those Chuck Taylors or whatever Mm -hmm. the vintage the vintage 2004 shoes which is just one of the many examples of product placement in this where he's like hey check out these vintage shoes from 31 years ago which just came out in the year the movie was made and so he's like longing for this time that exists today now I hear you because it doesn't really jive with his backstory like he resents being alive but he shouldn't resent being alive in the time that he's alive in like we find out that a robot saved his life instead of a little girl's during a car accident and that's why he right, hates because, robots because his his statistic of whatever the percentage of him surviving was higher yeah and even though he told the robot save the girl and stuff and then we also find out that he's got a cyborg arm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that makes sort of even I mean I kind of like I wish he was even more cyborg than just an arm because then you'd really have to have him deal with like being of two worlds and all that kind of thing but it still doesn't explain why he's so nostalgic you know like before the car accident did he still buy those Chuck Taylors did he still just listen to Aretha Franklin I think he's just like a crotchety old man I just think he's never but he's like 40 in this movie I know. Like, he's not old it's so like, his grandma is so much more hip than he is you know like she's got robots She's like, I don't know, I think she's a chef or something. She's like, a, she should have her own show being like a pastry chef or something. But it just seems like she's living life and, and Will Smith is just like stuck in the past, but we don't really know why. I want to do like a Will Smith podcast, but I also don't because I just, I feel like he's the same character in a lot of these movies, especially as his career goes on. They're like, oh, let's just get Will Smith to do his thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he just shows up as the devil in that Winter's Tale movie. <laughs> or sometimes he's this or something. You know what I mean? It's just like Will Smith, the actor, is like the icono class like he's sort of because I feel like in Independence Day he's sort of like tired of everything too you know he's sort of above the system or whatever but that works in there like in Men in Black he's like this young upstart guy who like isn't ready for the world like it just everything I think if you break it down to its essence he's kind of the same way like he's just longing for a time that isn't the time he's in it works I guess I don't know it's just there's no explanation for it in this movie but this movie has no desire to explain anything why does Will Smith hate robots why does he assume that robots are thieves why is he basically robot racist there's just like oh let's just throw a flashback in about how he almost died but got saved by a robot and blah 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 and like that's it like the movie I think is more interested in showing off this beautiful futuristic 3D world rendered by CGI than it is to actually tell a story and I think the story is pretty okay because I mean it's based on an Asimov thing and I enjoyed watching this movie I don't think it's great but I think it's very watchable like I think the movie flies by but you know I think it it's just overall it's just more visual than like deep it's like a, a lot of surface level yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. It's much more of like a popcorn film. And yeah, I think they really should have gone more of like the Men in Black angle because I think, you know, all you were saying about Will Smith, I agree with. And I think it's because like in those roles, not just his character, but he as an actor seems to be having more fun or just he always is charming. And while he has the charm in this, he's just super grumpy. And I'm just not used to him at this point playing this role as much. And I think that's what's throwing me. I mean, by the time we get to I Am Legend, I, I get it. I understand he can do this. And then, you know, you see him in, like, The Pursuit of Happiness, and it's like, okay, I, I see what he was trying to do in iRobot. It just feels like he's in the wrong movie, maybe, doing this kind of stuff in a way. I, I don't think the character is wrong, though. Like, I think you need this character. I just think he might not be right for it. I, the whole time I was thinking Denzel, because there's a guy who 
can be charming but threatening too you know what i mean like you he's got this thing about him where you're not sure if you should trust him but you do anyway in a lot of in a lot of ways and with will smith i just trust him i don't know if this is like post training day and that's why it's coming into my mind because he played such a bad guy and that was sort of where i started getting that image of him you know he could do this from and it just wasn't there yet with will smith you know it's sort of like what we're saying over in keanu club it's like when we skipped ahead to constantine i just wasn't prepared for anti-hero keanu because he hasn't turned to the dark side yet in our timeline where we are watching him. It's interesting that you brought up Denzel because he was originally offered the role that Will Smith played. I don't know why he turned it down. I don't know what the story was. I don't know if he chose something else instead. But IMDb says if he accepted, this would have been the second time he played a previously married police officer with a bionic left arm who chases down a killer robot (laughs) after playing Parker Barnes in Virtuosity. Mm, So, I mean, maybe that's why he didn't do it. Maybe he's like, hey, a lot of this stuff is similar to something that I already did 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it was Alan Tudyk who played Sonny, who's been in a bunch of things. He was in, oh, he'll be back in Transformers 3, right? As the butler to John Turturro. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, so he's he's going to have a, I mean, cover your ears, Joey, but he's playing a droid again, or he's playing a robot again in uh, the new Star Wars movie. So he, yeah, so they did uh, the same kind of thing that they did for Gollum in The Lord of the Rings, I guess with Andy Serkis. Oh, they so put like the a... body movements and the voice. Did they put like a target suit on him and he was actually acting there and stuff? I don't know. I, it, I just, it's, it's just like okay. two sentences on IMDb, so I don't, you know, IMDb is not always the best place for complete trivia. It's just sort of like, hey, this is cool. Like, let's not go into detail about it. And Will Smith and Bridget Moynihan, you know, the male and female leads, both commended him for his brilliant work as Sonny. The other thing that was interesting about the actual production of this movie is that no reshoots were required, Hmm. which is rare for a movie this big. You know what, though? So much of it seems crafted in a computer and I don't mean that in a negative sense just like the world is so manufactured like the future you know like you got these skyscrapers that tower over the old ones and then you got like this crazy new highway system and all that kind of stuff going on so I could kind of see that in a weird sense like a lot of this was just not shot at all it was just sort of rendered yeah not like we'll fix it in post but we'll just do it in post yeah there's no need to actually shoot it I'm trying to think if there's anything more to talk about with Shia I don't think he's just really not in this movie a lot I guess there is a little bit of a reversal from Constantine where he saves Keanu's life in that, and here Will Smith saves his life. Like, he doesn't even have the hero moment at the end. I mean, he doesn't die, so that's, I guess, why his character is able to go back in time and become a character in Constantine. You know, he's about to get killed by a robot, and Will Smith has to save him from the robot. There's a lot of similarities between this and Constantine. Like, uh, if you see Will Smith and Constantine sort of as the same person, they each team up with a brunette girl <laughs> and go on, like, this weird sort of detective journey and then at the end it wasn't who they thought it was at the end like pulling the strings and stuff and shy is in there so i just thought it was funny they're back to back and they're very similar it's weird how things happen and i wonder if shia wanted to do the same movie twice in a row like i think now that we know not the same movie but the same kind of role the same kind of similar things similar type of movie as well in terms of like the budget and the scale i think now that we know more about him i can feel like he might not have been crazy about doing this but i think he's also like hey i'm on my way up like I haven't been in a lot of movies I'll just do this and it's gonna get me somewhere I feel like now like he wouldn't the Shia of 2016 with Missy Elliott tattoos on his knees you know (laughs) he wouldn't do either of these roles anymore because he's it's sort of beyond him and like he just wants to do things that are interesting to him but I feel like these are both just sort of stepping stones toward stardom I guess yeah I think you're right like I was saying 
last time, like it feels like he's not cutting class, but like it feels like he's being skipped a grade or something like that. And that feels like he's being groomed for bigger things. But ultimately, that's not where he's going to want to go with his career. You know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like at the time here, he's just being set up as like your average Hollywood star, which is strange to say that they're like manufacturing his future in a way on screen and that he's going to say, no, that's not what I want to do at some point. Like, it's not what I thought it was going to be and take like such a drastic right turn or left turn for that matter and go off and do just experimental indie stuff later on it's just pretty crazy like he's kind of not in this short amount of time in this short role with the screen time he has he's really not really recognizable as the person he's gonna be yeah you can see that he has personality right you can see that he can become something but it just i just don't think he's got enough time i mean i think him and will smith would be great if they had done like Men in Black 3 instead of this movie together you know and like they took on the new agent with Shia and he was teaching this young kid the ropes and all that kind of thing but that's not where they went with it you know I, I, I know I've mentioned Men in Black a lot but I honestly think like this would have worked a lot better had they been a little more tongue in cheek and you know not try to be so dark at some points because it opens with like a murder-suicide and it's just like whoa like this is already <laughs> a lot more serious than I was expecting I don't think I have anything else to say about this movie do you we mentioned the save the cat sequence which was yep. just i had to just slap my hand in front of my face um i don't know if we mentioned this takes place in 2035 which doesn't seem too far off now no. right to get these kinds of robots and stuff very early on i mentioned i wasn't really down with what robots were being used with like at one point we see four robots being garbage men and and i was just like why isn't the truck the robot with robot arms collecting garbage and then later in the movie we see that we see like a truck with robot arms come out and so it just feels strange in that way like the design is really cool but it doesn't feel like this is the way it would be in a lot of ways it just feels like this is a movie version of the future as opposed to like let's think real hard and see cool things we could come up with for robots to be but it's like, now nah, let's just make, like, every third or fourth person on screen, like, a robot person. Well, I mean, like, compare it, compare it to, like, Johnny Mnemonic, which we just talked about for Keanu Club, and, like, it's a completely different vision of the future. Yeah, I can almost see Shia's character at the end there fitting in with Ice-T's gang, and hanging out with the dolphin in the cage and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Being one of those um, low-techers, or whatever they call them. I'm surprised Shia just wasn't cut out of this entire film, because it just really does feel like, where does he fit in? Where would he be? If there were deleted scenes, like, could you even think where they would fit in like was there ever a time when Will Smith needed to go to the street to get some help or answers or he's always going to his grandma's house and I think that works better because he's learning from the elder with wisdom as opposed to the youth with like whatever he knows you know so it's just kind of strange that he even survived this cut that he didn't get the Michelle Moynihan treatment from Constantine yeah I agree 100% so for all th- well, actually what's what do we have up next is it is next Charlie's Angel, I believe. Full Throttle. Is it? No, we have the Battle of Shaker Heights next. Oh, okay. So, okay. So my trilogy, my trilogy coupling was a little off, but yeah, within four films, he did those three. (laughs) It's as close as we're getting to any kind of thing I can label a trilogy of any kind right now, so. That's true. Well, you know, if you think about it, like the the Transformer trilogy weren't back to back to back either, so like technically this is loosely my Shia sidekick trilogy, so. Well, there you go. So this is our Shia, Shia, Shia sidekick trilogy. That's hard to say. It's a, it's a tongue Shia twister. Shia Psychic. Shia Kick Psychic. Shia Psychic. Shia Psychic. 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 Psych
Yeah. Yep. For all things, all his movies, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub, hear all the episodes that we've done already, figure out what's coming next, and listen to the other podcasts on the network. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time on All His Movies. I've got an ill-